You are listening to the We Can Make a Difference podcast. Hello and welcome to the We Can Make a Difference podcast. Some of the biggest issues facing Gen Zers today are mental health and well-being, racial equity, access to equal opportunities, social justice, and the environment. Come join me as I explore how we can tackle these issues by talking to experts in the field who have made a difference. Let's learn from them so we can make a difference too. I'm your host Anish Prasad, and with me today is CEO of Propel Labs, Deeraj Batra. Deeraj, thank you for joining me today. How are you? I'm great. Thank you for having me. Yeah, of course. Um, so to start, could you tell us a little bit more about Propel Labs and what you guys do? Sure. Uh, Propel Labs, Anish, is a is a consulting company. Uh, we're a design, strategy, innovation consulting company uh, focused on helping other companies launch new businesses that are both impactful. Uh, as well as sustainable, uh, so both profit as well as environmentally sustainable. Okay. Um, so, do you see there's a trade-off between trying to be sustainable and also getting maximum profit from starting a business? That's a great question. Uh, and our founding thesis is um, that there is no trade-off. Uh, I think a lot of people assume that there is. Uh, a lot of senior executives think there is a trade-off. Uh, but what we've found, um, and we work a lot with entrepreneurs, Manish, uh, much like yourself. And what we found with them is entrepreneurs don't think in terms of trade-offs. They don't think that if they're going after profit, they'll give up sustainability. If they've got sustainability, they'll give up profits. Uh, so we actually have a book coming out in the next month or so, which highlights global entrepreneurs who've done both. Uh, they've been extremely profitable, raised billions of dollars in VC funding, um, and are having a great impact on the environment. Yeah. Um, um, is there anything else? Sorry. No. no. Okay. okay. Um, so just kind of veering off of that topic, um, what inspired you to start Propel Labs? Um, so Nisha, I've been a serial entrepreneur by background. Uh, so I really do personally just selfishly enjoy the act of entrepreneurship. Um, I think it's a great way to create value and impact in the world. Um, and as you look around, uh, sustainability, responsibility, um, I mean, these are buzzwords now, but they're increasingly becoming a necessity. Uh, so if you're a business, if you're an educational institution, an art foundation, a global organization, uh, this is something you just have to come to terms with. Um, it's, you know, your generation, the future generations just, just need us to be both profitable and sustainable. Yeah. And you talk about um, making an impact through entrepreneurship. And obviously that's something really important. And we hear a lot about, you know, ESG sustainability, responsible management um, so much these days. So why is it so important for organizations to focus on these issues? Um, Look, if if you think about what a company exists to do, right, it exists to make great, ideally, great products that its customers would buy so it can make money for its shareholders. That's one understanding, right? And that's sort of the most capitalistic understanding. And even if you go with that, um, you know, then you need customers to be able to buy your products. Um, <laughs> they won't be around to buy your products if the world's not sustainable, right? I mean, if they can't get the basics, um, water, clean air, uh, just a good environment, good quality of life, um, they won't be able to buy your products. So even selfishly for companies, I think it's important that they start looking at this very seriously. Um, and then if you take the more altruistic version of why companies should be formed, um, and I think I think Peter Drucker and then the great thinkers of his time used to talk about that a function of that a purpose of an organization uh, is to take care of all its stakeholders. So that includes its employees for whom sustainability is very important, 
shareholders who want a financial return, um, as well as society at large. And uh, yeah, so I think if you take all of those in combination, then I think it's pretty compelling that they do something in now. Yeah, and do you think that companies who are working to be sustainable and working to make an impact, do you think that whatever they're doing, their products, their service, or whatever, does that attract more people to their cause if they are trying to make an impact with whatever they're doing? I hope so. Um, I, I, honestly, on that, the jury is out, right? I think as customers, we are very selfish. Uh, we want cheap, good quality, something that lasts, something that looks good, something that works well. Uh, and sometimes, you know, all of that can go together. Um, so so I, I think the jury is out on that. I'm hoping that we as customers realize that it's our duty to be, to do some of this, especially if we are able to. Um, but the, but the jury is out, honestly. I think, I think your generation, the current generation, the younger generation is more aware that their future is at stake. So I think they're becoming more and more aware. Um, people in my generation, not so much. Yeah. And I think with Propel Labs, you obviously work with many, many companies over your time. So I was just wondering, what is the most memorable or one of the most exciting projects that you've worked on throughout your time in Propel Labs? Oh, wow. Uh, I've done several, uh, Anish. Uh, one of the more exciting ones, uh, I would say, was with a healthcare company, uh, helping them think about how they could make uh, one of their core products, which is a medical bed, um, just you know more attractive to its buyers. Um, and as we went through it, we came up with something very interesting, which is, uh, yes, they can sell. And, you know, they're a seller of very advanced beds. Uh, so if you go to a hospital, uh, you know, these beds can move up and down, left and right. You know, they, they have hydraulics, they have wires, they have uh, different uh, readers built into it. Um, and what we talked to them about is just say, hey, look, that's great that you sell that. And it's great that you sell different levels of beds. Um uh, but at some point, what you're also enabling your customers to do is to have to throw away a bread if they want to buy a new one, newer one. Could we think of building an upgradable bed? Um, and that to me was just a phenomenal solution that we came up with. And then to their credit, they went they went ahead with it. Uh, so imagine, right? I mean, if you could buy a Toyota that could be upgraded to a Lexus. I mean, there's something to be said for that, right? It's, it's, it doesn't exist right now. But right now, you and Lexus would have you sell that Toyota or, you know, put in... You know, so this is some sort of the secondary market um, to be able to buy that Lexus. And that's inefficient. Um, and this company, to their credit, actually built a platform of medical beds, which can be upgraded over time. Uh, so not only do they get to keep the customer longer, which is great for them, they get to capture the upside, which is great for them, but then they're also avoiding waste, which is great for the environment. Yeah. Um, and what sort of goes into the process of working with the company to identify a solution to improve their product or improve their output? Um, what sort of goes into that? What's like happens behind the scenes? Um, it's really uh, intuitive. And what any entrepreneur would do, it's really about understanding your what your customer wants or needs. Um, and I think everything has to start from that. And once you understand that, then you can you know, figure out, okay, if they have a need, then how can you potentially meet it? Um, and so it's, it's actually a very logical process, which I think all entrepreneurs follow, but they really start with deeply, deeply understanding what your customer wants and not just at a surface level, but deeper than that. Um, yeah, it, it's more an art than a science, but I think that's what entrepreneurs are just wonderfully great at doing. Yeah. And we've talked a lot about sustainability. 
Um, but what are some other ways that entrepreneurs can work to make an impact um, through their work? Look, I, I'm an honest believer that I think um, regardless of sustainab- the sustainability angle or not, entrepreneurs do make an impact, right? Because they enable people who work for them to have a livelihood, right? If you employ even five people uh, at a coffee shop, um, I mean, you're giving those people a livelihood. They go home and you know they're able to take care of their families partly because of the job you gave them. So I think that in itself to me is huge impact. And I think that's the, that's why entrepreneurs are, are, are so loved uh, and so revered throughout the world. Yeah. And on your website, you guys talk about leveraging human centered design and systems thinking um, to solving problems. So can you tell us a little bit more about what human centered design systems, uh, human centered design systems thinking is? Sure, man. Uh, so human centered design just is, uh, is what I was describing earlier. It's literally putting the human at the center of everything you do. So somebody in what they're thinking, what they want, what they believe at the center of everything you do. And until you understand that you don't start whatever it is you're solving. And systems thinking is just a nod to the fact that it's people are complex. Systems are complex, right? I mean, I may tell you that um, I eat healthy, but then do I? Right? And if you observe me, you may find that, you know, not really. You know, I had four Oreos today, right? And that's, that's not super healthy, right? And then you may notice that um, I do go to the gym, but then you may notice that I may not be, you know, working there at my full capacity the entire time. So human beings are complex. They say one thing, they do another, they feel something else, and they mean something else entirely. So human-centered and systems thinking are not to is to say, look, life's complex, people are complex. Take the time to understand them deeply, and only then take the next step of whatever it is that you want to do. Uh, yeah. Um, so what are some of the biggest challenges you see that companies deal with as they try to become more responsible and purpose-driven? Um, several. Um, I think first, they just have to figure out what that means to them. Right? I mean, what does that really, really mean to you? And then practically, uh, what can you really do about it? Right. So, for example, right. I mean, if you're an airline, there's not much you can do right now. You can't really fly around on airplanes with batteries. It's just, it's just not practical, right? But that doesn't mean you don't do anything. Right? So then you have to define what does sustainability and responsibility mean to you. If you're an automotive company, it may mean something else. If you're a cell phone manufacturer, it may mean something else. If you have a nursery, it may mean something else. So I think step one is just figuring out what it means to you, and then two is setting realistic goals. Um, with realistic roadmaps. So if you follow the news, what you realize is a lot of companies are saying, oh, we'll be net zero or, or uh, completely sustainable by 2050 or 2040. And that's great, but half the leaders aren't going to be there. Right? They're going to be retired and or, you know, at some vacation home in, in, in Florida or California or, or Europe. And they're not going to be trying to meet that goal. Um, so that's great. They set that goal, but then they have to set a realistic path to get there. Otherwise, what they're really doing is just saying, you know, let the next person who comes in after me take care of it. And that, that's, that's something wrong about that. Yeah. Um, and continuing our discussion about challenges, what are some of the biggest challenges that you have faced at Propel Labs? People, people, people. Uh, people are complex. Uh, we're not very transparent. So just hiring the right ones, keeping the right ones, uh, understanding the right ones from your customer perspective. So we're consulting companies. We sell to other people at other companies. There too, you have to understand what their motivations are, who they are, who they aren't. Um, yeah, that's, I think, the, been, the, been, been the biggest challenge for us. 
Yeah, and earlier we spoke about how working to make an impact and becoming more sustainable can only benefit a company. Um, so why haven't more companies tried to do this earlier on? Why is it only happening now? Because I think of the mindset that sustainability involves a trade-off, um, which looked to, to some extent it does, right? But I mean, I think people have to just break out of that and think about how they can have their cake and eat it too and do both sides at the same time. And the other, look, I mean, customers and the government just hasn't required it or asked for it. So they haven't done it right now as your generation gets older they say no we you know only want something that is sustainable or want something that's at least more responsible than it is and the government says hey look it's it's time that you start getting your energy from renewable sources i think that's when companies start moving um, otherwise they do what's easy for them they have enough they have enough things to deal with so they don't want to add more more questions and more problems to, to whatever they're doing yeah and obviously you've worked with many companies who are probably trying to become more sustainable and working towards that so what are some of the challenges you specifically see these companies face into becoming more sustainable? Um, I think it starts with the mindset or can you actually really, really get your hand head around the fact that you can do both and you know, be make money and do the other thing. Um, and the other part is I think most companies, leaders and companies have day jobs, right? So they have to sell phones or they have to sell cars or they have to, you know, make that software better or, or, or make sure that, you know, your, your widgets can get from China to wherever the heck they're supposed to go. So during that time, they don't have enough. They're so busy with that, that they can't necessarily prioritize saying, Hey, look, now let's also think about sustainability on top of all of this. And let's deliberately focus on that. Um, and I think that's probably the number one thing that gets in their way. The second one, which I think is starting to get addressed is investors. Um, so if, you know, if you're a leader of one of these companies and your company makes money by selling phones and you'll focus on selling phones, if, if investors are telling you, hey, we'll give you more money and we'll make you more valuable, should you sell more phones, you'll sell more phones. But to these investors who, when they start changing their team to say, it's, we'll make you more valuable if you sell phones, but in a responsible manner, then the incentives change. Um, and I think as that happens, they'll, they'll make that shift. So just to like clarify, investors obviously are more worried about profit rather than like social impacts. Historically, they have. Um, I think that's starting to shift. Um, and as that shifts, I think so will the business world. Yeah. Um, and right now, what can companies do to make more of an impact or become more sustainable in the future right now? What, com what are companies not doing right now that they can do? Uh, I think they can think more creatively. They can add a sense of urgency to it. Uh, so a lot of companies are starting with packaging, which which makes sense, right? Which is an easy one. You take it off, you throw it, it's called in. So Single-use plastics uh, is one type of packaging. Uh, so a lot of companies are seriously looking at that, how they can make that more sustainable, which is great. But then it's really about looking at your entire end-to-end -end existence as a company. Like to say, okay, where are you getting your materials from? How do you process them in whatever you do if you're a manufacturing company or if you're a services company? How do you take whatever raw material that you have into the end product that you're trying to deliver? So I think it's about really going through that entire chain and figuring out honestly where the lowest hanging food is first um, and doing what's easy first. And I think that at least gets them started. I think as they see the results of that and hopefully the market acceptance of that, then they'll take the next step, the next step after that. Yeah, and obviously there's a lot that companies can do to become more sustainable, but do you think the government should be doing anything to make companies become more sustainable, or do you think they should just kind of just stay hands off? I think they'll have to. 
Um, and I think they're starting to. Um, so Europe is really far ahead in this, uh, much further ahead than, than North America is uh, in terms of requiring companies to become more sustainable. Um, and the interesting thing is, look, that's going to drive innovation too. So, I mean, it's unfortunate that we're not at that leading edge because if we were, then we would be the ones driving the innovation in, in, in the U.S. and North America. <clears throat> but I do think governments have a huge role. So, for example, in France, you know, they, they recently uh, started talking about the fact that they don't want any flights that are more than two hours. So if you travel more than two hours then, or less than two hours, you take a train or some other mode of transportation. That's great, but then that also lead to other types of innovation, right? Is, is you have to then find a way for to be, make it even easier than it already is to get on a train, get off a train, and maybe do work on the train, take meetings on the train, uh, Wi-Fi on the train, make trains faster. It's going to drive this whole barrage of innovations, which we're going to be left behind on. Um, but I, I do think, yeah, governments have a huge role to play, and I think they're starting to. Yeah, and for like multinational companies who obviously have manufacturing going on somewhere else, like for example, Nike might have some manufacturing going on in like in Asia. Um, is there like any challenge of sustainability there, considering like China might have many different sustainability laws, different facilities, different resources? So can that be a challenge um, in to, in becoming more sustainable? Well, it definitely is because you can only control so much, right? Especially if you outsource it all the way there. Um, but then I think Nike is also a big company in and of itself. So if it requires its manufacturers to do something, they will do something, right? But they say, hey, look, we need you to follow these four practices. And they, I, think, I don't think they can turn a complete blind eye and trust. I think they would trust but verify type of approach. Um, but I think if they require it, I think manufacturers won't have any option but to, but to follow along. And especially if it's backed up by real action, right? So they say, look, do this by this date. If not, we'll move the manufacturing to Vietnam or, or Thailand or, or Bangladesh. Um, and they can be a very powerful motivator. Mm-hmm. Um, so um, what impact do you hope to have with Propel Labs in the future? Um, look, I'm hoping in our small way, we can work with a few companies to make them more sustainable, to help them drive some new interesting business models that can, that can have an impact on the world. We're also hoping to work more with entrepreneurs. Um, maybe selfishly enjoy it, be I think they end up having an outsized impact. Um, and honestly, if, if you know, they, they, hopefully over time we'll be able to hire and then you know, a lot of those people will become alumni and go on to do their own things. Uh, so I think all those things have, have a collective impact which, which matters. Yeah, um, and lastly, before we close out, um, what advice would you have for young people like myself who want to make a difference but are just not sure where to start? Um, that's a beautiful question. Um, but I, I think you start where any entrepreneur would start, right? Is a first understanding yourself. What exactly do you want to do? What exactly? And then here you have to just increase your knowledge first, right? Is what do you think the best way to make impact is in the world? Um, and then I think you're doing the right thing. Just talk to as many people as you want. If you want, uh, I can introduce to more people. Um, really figure out where that first learning experience can be. The second learning experience can be. Um, and then over time, I think, you know, like most entrepreneurs, you will chart your own way. But initially, it has to be about just getting exposure to as many different sets of experiences as you can. Um, yeah. Um, yeah. Is there anything else you'd like to say before we close out? No, this has been great. Thank you. All right, yeah. Thank you so much for coming on.
If you enjoyed this episode, don't forget to like, subscribe, and leave a review. See you next episode.